everybody. It is episode 92 here on Hawaii Football Now. Jordan Helly, Hunter Hughes, back with you as usual. Uh, this will be our first uh, pod of the new month. It'll be uh, June by the time this thing comes out later on this week. We record it, excuse me, Monday, May 29th at 9.30 a.m. or so Hawaii time. I'm actually over on the mainland, so kudos to uh, my guy Hunter here, as well as Jonathan uh, on the controls, kind of scheduling things and, and getting that all taken care of. Um, uh, spend a little time uh, on the West Coast uh, now that we got a little downtime uh, before uh, before the season kicks up, and it'll be here sooner than we think. Um, big mahalo to Spectre Bobo and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union as well. Um, big uh, thanks to everybody for for dropping us a line. The last couple of episodes, obviously, been very much centered on the athletic director position and uh one of the uh key returnees for the university of hawaii football program uh jonah kahawai welch uh who will be joining us a little bit later in the podcast uh and excited uh excited to talk to jonah one of the local boys who's uh who's having some success in, including last season where he led the team in uh in tackles for loss i think he had like seven and a half last year really breakout year for him where he was i think is healthy as he has been in a long time and uh, obviously had a, had a big, big role last season uh, for this group. And um, glad we get to talk to him here a little bit later, Hunter. Absolutely. Uh, along with Logan Taylor, uh, Jonah is definitely one of the leaders of uh, the defense and uh, by far one of the most seasoned. Uh, I played, uh, I played golf this past weekend with uh, Tumua to an AE and uh we were just talking about who's left on the team that we played with and Tamua played with Jonah. So, uh, oh, kind of, kind of fun. He's one of the, the, so, uh, it'll be cool to, cool to have him on the show. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's a 2018 graduate, right. And so he's been part of the program since then. And, you know, kind of the last remnants of the, as you mentioned with the coaching staff, but obviously with the COVID year, a red shirt year, um, kind of mixing in like uh, you can have yourself a nice little uh, lengthy career so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll probably ask him about now COVID years left and right man I have no idea what what eligibility anybody is anymore like I just I gave up right it, it, including because like it's it's the way they list things on a roster is this not, not just the University of Hawaii but it's like oh yeah he's technically a senior but eligibility wise he's like a freshman he's got multiple years left he, you know he's he was in the portal one year, and then he had a he had a medical, and then he had a regular red shirt, and then he was uh, he's got the COVID year still, and so it's like, man, I'm all in all caps. Yeah, yeah. Just tell us how many years he has left. Like, is this his last year? Does yeah. he have another year? You know, just just gotta keep it simple for us. Um, and again, I I'm all for these guys playing as as long as they can. Oh yeah. But I I, I will say things will simplify a little bit once we kind of move past right. Once uh, we get maybe three, four years down the line where it's like, okay, nobody has that COVID thing left, right? Where they can factor it in. Like we'll get, we'll get back to a little more, um, I think, uh, simplified housekeeping and accounting when it comes to how many years dudes have left and what their eligibility status. Madison line where he's like, stay as long as you can. <laughs> stay as yeah. long as possible. Face. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, what a, what a timeless classic on Billy Madison. Um, and a movie that came out long before any of those kids who are. Oh, in that's the- right. They they probably don't even know what we're talking about. Um, just uh, just no shot there. 
Um, all right. Uh, before we get going, do want to remind everybody that Hawaii Football Now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators. Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union and expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health, including healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit hawaiiusafcu.com. All right, game time here. Um, stop me if you heard this before, but there is a, there's Aloha Stadium news. Um, and the, there actually really is this time. Um, at least it seems like the governor, the state, all of the, you know, the entities that, that go into this, it sounds like they have their plan and this is, they're moving forward. They put out a press release late last week. Um, there was a press conference involved, and it, and the, this is this is the path that they are moving forward on, and it's a fairly interesting one. Uh, it's moving forward as a public-private partnership, right? But it's going to be a, a singular public-private partnership. Basically, it's going to be one developer handling everything, as opposed to kind of a piecemeal project, or you know, trying to figure out how the state was going to manage things after things got built by by a private contractor and so basically kind of taking things from uh, from multiple reports including the, the official press release put out um by the project and um some of the khon reporting from our buddy christian shimabuku as well um the stadium itself and surrounding entertainment dist district right which has been long talked about will be uh using public and private funds from a chosen developer that RFP, the request for proposals, is supposed to be sent out later this year um, with the developer using a, quote, design, build, operate, maintain approach. Um, of course, steering away from the previous planned uh, two project, two pronged project, if you will. Uh, so basically, the winning bid will design the thing, will build it, will then operate it and maintain it as well. So, you know, in, in a way, the um, the state kind of removes itself from a lot of the, the operational side once the thing actually gets built as well, um, which I, I would imagine makes things a little bit more enticing for a business investment because it's like, hey, you're also going to run it. You're going to be able to recoup a lot of the money you put in in the investment, right? As as far as cost, um, the $400 million dollars, um, that was already appropriated by the state uh, legislature will be used uh, and any additional funding um, on top of that future, any cost overruns will be taken care of by the private sector. Um, and so basically the taxpayer commitment will be that $400 million. That's what was explained. Um, and then anything beyond that will be the developer handling that right whether on their own or whether they'll bring in investors or whatever they did once this thing opens up they say hopefully 2028 college football season um and i would imagine that's that's the the business trade-off right where it's like hey they also then they'll recoup things based on ticket sales whatever and, and how they move forward and obviously much more beyond just college football um we'll get into some of the specifics on the, the seating capacity things like that but uh it seems like they've got a plan uh, it seems like they have an idea of how they're going to move forward. Uh, it's encouraging. Again, the target is to have this thing ready for the 2028 college football season, so five years from now. So we're talking five years minimum, right? I think there are a lot of people that are going to be skeptical and be like, all right, so if they say five, this is really going to be like seven to eight years down the road. Who knows? We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But uh, it does not appear that it would be any earlier 
than 2028. Uh, it, they say that the taxpayer um, commitment is kind of capped right here at the 400 million. And then beyond that will be private money. So we'll see if that holds true as well. And, and um, you know, the, the sooner they can get started on this, the sooner they can finish it. Uh, so we'll see how long it takes to get that RFP out. And again, it's supposed to be uh, sometime later in 2023. Your yeah. thoughts on that? How do, you, how do you feel? Yeah, you know, to, to me, the, the biggest frustration uh, really for the last couple of they kind of hide behind the, well, we just can't get on the, the shared vision. Why not? <laughs> um, you guys are in elected positions to get on the same page and get things done. So um, at least this news kind of points to the fact that, okay, they've settled on something. They've settled on uh, a few of these, um, you'd say, um, like milestones of what they're trying to hit. Uh, and it, it wasn't just what, it was the how. And that they're, they have set a course on how they're going to get this done, where the money's coming from. Um, I'm doing my best to understand all of these acronyms, Jordan, like RFP, request for proposal, and uh, all of these. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm an athlete. I'm not an engineer. Um, but uh, at least this is a little bit encouraging of, hey, we're headed in, in a direction. Don't worry, guys, we will get a stadium. Um, but the 2028 thing, Jordan, still seems way far off in the distant future that it still just doesn't feel real just yet. I, I, I think that's that's a really good way to um, to kind of surmise it because it, it really, it's so far out in the distance. And really those five years are going to come so quickly, right? I mean, you think back to 2020 when the stadium was condemned and that was already three years ago, right? I know they played out the season in 2020 and obviously it was a little simpler um, because of the COVID restrictions. And so nobody was able to, to attend the games anyway. And I know that they didn't really announce things until the end of the UH football season that year, but look, they're, they're already gearing up for year three at chain. Like time kind of flies, right? I mean, that's basically halfway to, to five seasons. And, and we're talking about a difference of five seasons between now and, and 2028. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what that request for proposal comes back uh, or, or the, um, the responses to that, because I'm curious to see what the private sector thinks it'll actually cost to build out this whole thing. Um, because uh, the, the football, the stadium and football field itself, um, taking some of this from, from uh, Christian's uh, KH1 article, uh, projected to be ready for use uh, again by 2028. And the, the word or the, the, the capacity talked about last week was that it would be a minimum of 25,000 seats. So a minimum of 25,000 seats. I don't know if that's what they're targeting. I don't know if that's just, you know, obviously we can't go any lower than that, but ideally we want 30, we want 35, not sure. Uh, I think a lot of that will depend on the cost and the proposals that come back, right? Because it hasn't been designed yet. Um, that's part of, I, I know we've seen the renderings. I know we've seen some of the stuff, right? But just said, we might as well throw those out at this point. Yes. Um, the surrounding entertainment district will probably be on a different timeline. Um, and uh, to quote Christian is that um, the, the success 
Possible developer will be expected to deliver the project in line with the state's vision of an entertainment district that would be expected to be fully built out over approximately 20 years. So they that would be very that would kind of come in phases and pieces. Um, but the stadium obviously seems to be the priority. Like they want that done in five years. And then the surrounding entertainment district, <laughs> excuse me, will will be slowly built out over time, right? And and maybe use some of the profits made from the stadium to reinvest back in the entertainment district. I, I don't know what that plan is going to be. We'll learn a lot more, obviously, once they get through the RFP process and you get some of those bids in and some of these companies, you know, there, there aren't a whole lot of companies out there that, you know, specialize in building stadiums. There aren't a whole lot of companies that do that in a place such as Hawaii, where you got to ship in all these materials, right? So it's a small pool that you're kind of swimming in really at the end of the day, when it comes down to this, um, but it's going to be, I'm curious because I, I, I'd imagine it's going to be a pretty big number. And when that number comes back, the cost that is, you know, are, are we really going to be in a position where it's like, yeah, no, the, the state doesn't have to pay any more money. Like it's, it's up to the developer. I don't know. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, I would love for that to be the case where it's like, yeah, we're, we're not really on the hook for much more than the $400 million. Um, but I, I don't know, man, that, that seems like, um, a great public-private partnership for the public side, <laughs> but it's going to cost a lot of money. Like to to get to to get to where I think people want this stadium to be. Like I can't imagine it's going to cost less than you know five seven hundred thousand dollars. I mean seven hundred million dollars, which is which is a lot of money. And if if indeed it's going to be, I, I'm curious to see how this is structured. Um, I was happy to hear that it'll be a minimum of 25,000 seats. I hope they can kind of value engineer it. I hope they can get creative where it's like, you know, I know people got all upset about the, the bleacher thing and I, and I get it. I don't think the whole stadium should be bleacher, but I think some sections are fine to be bleachered, right? Whether it's the student section. Uh, I love the idea of like the grassy berm, right? The, the, the grassy hill and maybe one end zone where it's like, yeah, maybe there's 25,000 seats, but there's a hill behind one end zone where kids can play, people can, you know, tailgate for lack of a better term um you know some portable chairs or whatever and, and if you wanted to fill that thing out you know and in terms of grass seating like yeah you can fit five thousand more people there and easily have thirty thousand people or so in the stadium for for the big big games or something like that so i'm curious uh because we're we're kind of back to square one when it comes to uh you know it's not roller coaster tycoon but uh we're, we're playing aloha stadium tycoon in a lot of ways here and trying to see how this thing builds out real um yeah a few things you brought up are particularly interesting to me um that you said you know a hill on the side there is no hill over there they have to still build that hill um no great point absolutely great <laughs> um that, that that must be constructed and raised off of the ground i mean uh my, my girlfriend lives right by there it's it's a big flat parking lot that's that's what that that plot of land is right now uh with, with a stadium parked right in the middle of it um so there's that um but you're right jordan i wonder um 400 million with all of the uh inflation that we're experiencing right now and those of us that live in hawaii we know just how expensive things are that seems cheap to me um that seems low um and maybe that's really just what they're saying that they're on the hook for um, the real cost, like what you said, is going to be probably closer to six fifty seven, somewhere around that for a a suitable stadium. Um, yeah, and 
you know, with that, I, I have some questions like, okay, if they're going to do this split, uh, the state covers 400 and then the, the, the private uh, entity covers the other part, are they, are, well, what's the incentive there? Are they giving them naming rights for the stadium? Um, what, what is in the interest of that developer other than just saying they got to build the new stadium? Uh, that, that's the part where, uh, I don't think they they quite know just yet. And again, they've got meetings scheduled for later this year um, to kind of set all of these things in place. But, uh, you know, if you remember that uh, Star Advertiser article uh, from about a month ago where they mentioned kind of just the summary of all of the different pitches thus far and the kind of tiered, uh, um, the tiered types of stadiums, I guess you'd say, like the the balloon off in the you know the the sky uh really expensive one was like 800 800 million and it was really nice and then all the way down to the budget option which was like 325 million or something like that and um 400 gets me a little worried <laughs> um if we're just going off of that tiered system that they showed us um so i i'd still have a lot of questions here but uh i guess some news is good news, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Um, and look, it, they're they're clearly counting on a sizable contribution from the private sector as part of this PPP, right? The the public private partnership. Um, I'm just curious as to how much that is going to be. And as you pointed out, you know, with whether it's naming rights or, or however, like the private developers going to need to make their money back, right? Like to, to make this yeah. a wild investment venture uh, for them. And so how that calculates, we'll see uh, as it all plays out. One other thing of note that I found kind of interesting before we move on here, uh, Ryan Andrews, the Aloha Stadium deputy manager, also said that the USL, United Soccer League, is basically um, like a step below MLS. You know, it's like uh, uh, minor leagues, basically uh, professional soccer in the country. The XFL. Of soccer, yeah, yeah, they're very successful, and they they they're in a lot of markets. You know, maybe the non MLS markets. Um, they've had a lot of success places like Sacramento, um, and some of those teams have kind of made their way into MLS or at least those markets like St. Louis. Um, also said the USL is looking at having this. Did it come up before that the state was in talks with USL? Glenn Wilkai, I think, was one of them that uh, had had mentioned this news before. But apparently, they're looking at two teams occupying Aloha Stadium, new Aloha Stadium, as their home venue. Um, and I just found that kind of eye-opening. I was like, two teams? I don't know how that works. Maybe it makes more sense. You, if you're flying a team out here for games, like it makes sense to have two opponents. I don't know. I don't know how that. There are different levels. USL does have different um, levels uh, to it. Uh, and so there, there are multiple leagues. And I don't know if they're looking at having one at the higher level and one at a lower level or something like that. I have no idea. Is USL um, in the spring, Jordan? Um, they play like spring to fall. Okay. So you know, football off season, right? So it would it would uh, it would definitely work, um, I think, with with UH football. So they kind of like the MLS schedule um, going on right now, uh, where they start uh, mid to late spring and then they go into into the fall months. So, I mean, that's important to think about because UH is just a tenant at the new Aloha Stadium. Um, yes, very much. And we're only occupying it from August through November, and that's if we don't make it into the Hawaii Bowl. So we're we're looking at another, you know, eight months that they have to figure out how to make money at this place. So 
Um, UH is an important tenant, but not the only one that they're thinking about here. No, yeah, it's honestly quite a small fraction of how they're going to make their money uh, off of this place. Like it's going to be, if the professional sports things work out, um, I think a lot of people always have a healthy amount of skepticism because of all the failed ventures in the past when it's come to professional sports in the state. Um, but concerts, right? Concerts are going to be huge. Um, you know, they're going to play probably a lot of high school football here. Um, they're going to do a lot of things um, to to keep that stadium probably as busy, if not more busy than the old Aloha Stadium was for all those years. So we'll, we'll have, I think, a few more details as the weeks go on, and we'll see exactly what this public-private partnership will look like. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, of course, be here on Hawaii Football Now to talk a lot about it um, when that time comes. So we're, we're, we're excited to get to that as you know the weeks in the summer goes on but i'm just glad that they've they've got some direction here geez louise um and and well the uh, new stadium will have a uh will certainly have a scoreboard right right and, the stadium uh, that thing will be there till the end of time i think let's let's hope let's hope and let's hope they uh they move the old one to ching here shortly <laughs> they're putting up that frame man they got they got it going up in the background all right, uh, we'll take a quick halftime break. We'll get to our guy, Jonah Kahabai-Welch, on the other side. You're listening to Hawaii Football Now. This is episode 92. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, we're here with our guy, Jonah Kahabai-Welch, uh, jumping on the pod with us here on episode 92. Enjoying the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I would imagine a little break as we go, but uh, first of all, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. And um, just uh, just generally, kind of how are things going, man? Where uh, where are you kind of at right now as uh, you guys go through the off season? And um, you know, how are things going? Everything's going really well. Uh, extremely blessed. I know the boys and the team; they're ready to get back going already because we actually start this uh, tomorrow. We have a team meeting to begin, but uh, just to get back into the groove of things, we've been uh, on a little break for about three weeks now. Uh, after we did uh, a good hard seven weeks with Coach Cook, we were, we were getting after it with him, getting bigger, stronger, and faster, and just really emphasizing performance uh, training and trying to become better athletes and players all in all. So super excited to see where the team's at and just can't wait to get back going. Yeah, and I think folks kind of super excited to see you do your thing again. Um, you know, I was kind of curious asking you about that. You know, you mentioned the, the work you guys were putting in offseason training program, uh, getting with Coach Cook. How's how's kind of the body feeling? Um, where are you at kind of right now? Um, obviously, last season, I think, you know, one of the healthier seasons for you um, while you've been in Hawaii. And obviously, while you were healthy, you know, you, you balled out, right? The leading the team in tackles for loss and, and obviously had a very productive season. Um, but but kind of, you know, how are, how are you feeling as of now and as you kind of make that transition through the offseason now as you guys gear up for summer? I'm definitely understanding my body more as my career goes down the line. And I think that's the most vital part to this game is who can maintain the longest, you know, and who can withstand a 13-game season, which is what you truly want to be able to play as long as you can for because you have a – preseason games and then you have your regular season games and then you want to of course be healthy all the way into bowl season and championship season and like for me I think I was super grateful that I had that season last year going all all year with no injuries and I just pray and keep keep up the hard work that 
going into this upcoming season that it's the same thing and the same result as being healthy and just staying on top of my body, whereas it comes with rest, uh, being in the training room, doing the extra work when your body can maintain it and handle it, you might as well get it in because that's going to be the difference maker when you go up against big body players. Like we play the SEC in the Pac-12 this year, so I think that's super important to be be able to understand. Like you have to be able to stand up against these bigger players that are in these power five schools and be able to have your body hold up to that standard. Yeah, bro. Um, man, you, you, you're just a resilient dude, bro. Um, and I, I wanted to just tip my cap as uh, a, a former player, knowing just everything that you particularly have been through, bro. I mean, the three different coaching staffs, um, Aloha Stadium, no Aloha Stadium, Ching, uh weight room facility no weight room facility you guys are down in the club gym right now like for not many people know just the last three four five years that you've been around the program the ins and outs of what y'all have had to go through bro so I just wanted to tip my cap to you yeah Hunter uh you you were there you were around the the three different coaching staffs you've seen it and I think it it shows a lot to who we are as a team and being able to go through those different things, going through those different obstacles and adversities and to be able to just continue to push through it. Cause that's what a warrior is, you know? Um, mm. And we're living, we're living proof of that. And I think as a team, like all around the boys, they, they understand like, okay, we go through this adversity, but the only thing you, you have to look back on is the guy to your left and your right, your teammates, the boys in that locker room, that's all that truly matters in those moments of hardship and those moments of time when you needed somebody to lean on, you know who to lean on. And there's nothing like the warrior brotherhood. Like I've been here for five years and I, I don't regret the decision at all. Cause I remember I was actually two days before signing day, I was still committed to the Naval Academy and I was about to go play football up in a uh, Navy, but something told me, you know, stay home, bring this program around, be a part of that foundation to be for the next coming generations for the Warriors to come. And uh, ever since then, I never looked back and I've just been super happy that I made that decision. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I can remember um, training with you down at uh, Tactical Fitness, bro. It was you and Shevin Cordero. You guys were incoming freshmen. You were still in high school. And yeah. uh yeah, you guys were just getting after it early and just the the pride, man. I've always sensed the pride from you. Um, and you've really taken on that role as leader of the team, bro. Like I can just tell um, by the way everyone um, just kind of receives you. And um, it, it's cool to watch. You know, what, one question, you mentioned the three weeks off. Um, a lot of times, three weeks off is a lot of time for some of the guys. And um, people can get in trouble. Uh, there's just a lot of times on your hand now. And so what, what has been like, maybe your approach as one of the leaders on the team to keep everybody focused, um, you know, just checking in with, with people like, how's that going right now in the off season? Uh, I was always told like the greatest form of leadership is a uh, leading by example. And I've been living by that for a while now. And I think when your, your teammates and your brothers see you, 
just making the right decisions and doing the right things on and off the field, mainly off the field because the things you do when nobody's watching, that's the stuff that's going to come to light. And I think they they see it uh, the early mornings being the first one in the locker room. And it's the same first couple guys that are always there early in the mornings in the locker room. And I can I can name them right now. Solo Vaipulu, uh, Iliki Tanavasa, and Logan Taylor. Those those four guys, they're always first in the locker room every every day. And I think that's that's how leadership should be shown. And they'll tell you this, they're probably the last ones to leave the field as well. And I think that right there, showing that type of leadership, it's gonna carry a long way for this team to realize like everything is earned and not given. Like especially at the University of Hawaii, like, like you have to earn everything you get over here at the university. And to be able to get to that point of my role in leadership, it was it was for surely earned. Coming from watching guys like Jelani Tavai when I was a freshman, lining up against him in scout team, uh Jeremiah Pritchard, um Kaimana Padello, Cole McDonald, John Ursula, all these big names, all these dudes that led the way and paved the path for me as a player to get to where I'm at. That was, like, important for me to see, and I hope that I can be the same thing for the guys that I have on my team now. Yeah, man, I just listen to you. It's just the – I think the the – experience the maturity that you bring to the team right having gone through all that you talked about the res- the perspective that you have at this point um you know as you guys kind of lead this new group through and, and obviously in year two under coach chang and and his coaching staff um you know what are kind of the the expectations for you guys going into next season and, and i mean it's obviously no secret the way that the wins and losses stacked up last year um you know you guys are hoping for more uh, and planning, you know, to, to to have a little more success here in 2023. But what maybe the, the the conversations among you and the guys and some of the veterans, right? Like what what have kind of the expectations you've set for for yourself and and you know, in talking to the coaching staff going into next season? Win every game, one at a time. Uh, focus on the little things because you look back at last year's season, we were close in many games when it came to regular season and it's, it's the little things and little details, the one or two plays that made the difference in either losing the game or winning the game. And you clean those one or two plays up. That game's a whole different story. You look back at it and definitely in the spring, like coach Timmy and the coaching staff, they were emphasizing details. Like we broke down practices to work on individual drills for when we have time to do PRPs, the coaches were, we literally set one practice just to do individuals and teach each other how we're going to run PRPs when we get to that period of time. And this upcoming part of our uh, off season, we're going to be hitting PRPs. And they just wanted to emphasize having the players coach up those individuals. And once you have a player ran team, that's when you know you're, you're at that level of like success as a, as a team and as a unit. And, I think that's what we're trying to get to slowly and surely. And we're going to get there. And there's no doubt about it because that room of with the leadership council and the dudes in there, it's, 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 it's super, the energy, you can feel it, you know, and it's, it's there. And I think I feel it when I see my teammates starting to 
push other guys around in their in their uh position groups because you look at the D line in our group we we're, we're we're at that point where okay when a leader tells you something they they listen and we have to get every position group to that point and we are gonna get there so yeah I'd say just the details for the most part the details. That's that's encouraging to hear, man. It sounds like it, it it's a healthy team, especially in the locker room. Um, that's that's really cool to hear. Um, bro, the haka is awesome, bro. The new haka goes so hard, man. It like uh, of all the ones that we we did, and then Rolo brought in a different one after Chow. Um, this one by far is the best, man. Uh, I wanted to you know just get some insight from you, like you're one of the guys up there leading the thing like um it feels different that this this uh rendition of it what what are your thoughts on that i think it was in the week before fall camp started i believe um coach Tammy had invited what's it, uh brad Khalil moku is that how you say his name yeah brad uh, he, he, yeah so he he used to play at uh with coach timmy then and uh, he came to teach – he brought a couple of his friends, and he came to teach us the ha'a one day. And Coach Timmy picked, like, 10 or 11 boys to go in and learn it. Uh, and then kind of, like, right before we started, we're all in a circle. And, like, the first thing they said was, like, okay, so before we even start the ha'a, you guys know there's supposed to be one person that leads it. And, like, we're all just looking at each other in the circle, like, kind of just like, okay, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? And I just rose my hand. I was like, I had a feeling in my heart to just step up and take that role. And that's cool. Uh, just feel the culture within me and be able to spread that culture around my teammates and my fellow brothers. Cause I know a lot of the boys that aren't from here, they, they look forward to seeing that stuff and they look forward to being a part of something so special and unique. And uh, I think that's important for them to be a part of as well. I just think that's really cool. Like the, you know, the, the ownership that you talk about, you know, whether it's just taking on something like the ha'a, whether that's, you know, you talk about player run practices, like there's something there, there's a lot to be said when it comes to, you know, I think the players taking a lot of ownership for what you guys are doing. So that's, um, it, it's really cool to hear. And, um, you know, we, we just appreciate you taking some time out, especially on a day off. Like I know you guys, uh, you know, uh, Got a lot of good things that you guys can be doing on a, on a day off with all the work you're putting on uh, during the regular week. So we uh, we thank you, man. We we appreciate you jumping on the pod and um, excited to see you guys kind of do your thing as you get into the next season. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Hunter. Man, yeah. I'm just super grateful to be able to speak on behalf of the team and speak on uh, what's going on within this culture. And definitely it's, it's a culture shift that uh, was uh, – super good for us to have and I think it's going in the right direction coach Timmy them are doing everything in the right way and doing whatever it takes to make sure this program is in the right right hand so awesome awesome yeah no man we're uh we were happy to talk story we'll catch up with you before the season as well and um really appreciate it man thank you thank you so much you no, guys right. have a blessed day you too Thanks, John. Catch yeah, you, man. Man. better day off all right, big thanks to Jonah. Fun to talk to him. I know the guys are ready to go for sure. Uh, shout out uh, to our guy Leonard and Al from VA on the comments last week as well. Um, always dropping us a line. 
uh, most often via YouTube, but as always, anybody can uh, feel free to, to drop us uh, a note wherever you find your pods. A uh, quick little two-minute drill over time to get out of here um, and wrap up episode 92. Uh, it was a fun weekend for Coach Timmy Chang and his staff. They spent the weekend on Maui. I uh, had an alumni meet and greet on Friday evening this past week, and um, the the uh, coaches put on a clinic for grade school kids, uh, lower than high school, basically, uh, at Central Maui Regional Park uh, on Saturday. Uh, I think the, the coaches might have squeezed in a little golf um, in the meantime, uh, in between that. But uh, it was a great turnout at the meet and greet on Friday. Um, and, and I just love that this uh, this coaching staff, man, and, and I get it. The, things are a little bit easier now with with the lack of COVID restrictions as they were um, you know, in previous years, but uh, they, they've really made it a point to try to get to the neighbor islands, to get out in those communities um, and, and really kind of make everybody feel once again, like this is the state's team. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there was, uh, I think, a lot of positive energy surrounding it. Uh, I think, you know, Timmy's so relatable as, as the local guy that he is. Um, and uh, I got a chance to, to go to that Friday night event. It was really cool. Granted, a couple of folks listened to the pod, Hunter. So that was uh, that was oh, awesome. Cool. Shout out to Nick. Um, and uh, so uh, we got some positive feedback there. And uh, we'll we'll wrangle Timmy a little later on this summer to get him back on the podcast. But uh, it was really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. It's been uh, great, I think, for the program. Uh, and just try to build up as much support as they can. Uh, whoever's house that was is doing okay. It's a nice spot. It's a nice spot. Uh, it's a it's a great uh, it's a great event venue um it's uh it's a nice little property up there uh, in Waikapu so not far from the airport makes it convenient and uh, it's got not bad it's got a not bad view as well unreal man yeah no it looked awesome um I caught up with uh Matt their um, um director of football operations ran into him in a coffee shop said the trip to Maui was super successful um yeah I think anytime that we can, uh, when I say we, I mean the coaching staff can just make the rounds. Um, even if they don't necessarily have anybody particularly circled in recruiting, uh, it just does well to hit to hit the different um, the islands. It, it just does to um, kind of strengthen the brand a little bit and uh, make it feel like we're we're a state. You know, um, it's maybe something that was overlooked from definitely the previous coaching regime. So, um, I mean, you grew up on Maui Jordan, I'm sure it, it feels good whenever, uh, people, you know, come over and, and give you guys, you know, the, the, the time and the, the care, cause, uh, you, you guys are a part of us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, just even just a little bit of time, right. Um, and, and being included can go a long, long way. Uh, it, and I, I think for Timmy and and the staff and obviously his family and 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 um, you know just just getting out talking to people right it's it's man they're like uh, it's like they hold public office right it's like these guys are politicians but they uh, they they know that's part of the deal Jordan Poo Robinson was there as well Maui guy who's uh, who's back on staff at UH uh, I don't think anybody was more excited than that guy uh, to have like a okay. Maui staff uh, my guy was ear smiles ear to ear the whole time. I got to talk story with him for, uh, for a while there on Friday night. And uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody was more excited, a guy that we know, but we both know well. So that, yeah, it can go a long, long way. Just, just goodwill in the community, um, spreading kind of the, the gospel of UH football as well. Um, Timmy's, uh, Timmy's doing an excellent job as well as the coaching staff on that front. So really, really cool there. And um, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure, I know for a fact, they're looking at doing this regularly, getting to the neighbor islands, getting out to other communities as well. Um, and just trying to, you know, stay in touch, make and be accessible, be accessible as well. You know, I think they're a very approachable group as well. So pretty cool stuff. All right, that'll do it for us on episode 92. Uh, a lot of fun, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get back with you guys next week as well. We'll, uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about as we move throughout the summer. Uh, big thanks to Spectrum Mobiles. Big thanks to Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, my guy Hunter, and Jonathan on the controls as well. We'll see you next week, everybody. Aloha. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Halley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.